Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard the man. This is the Cashflow Guys Podcast. I am Tyler Sheff, your host and man. This is going to be a kick-ass episode for you this week. We're going to be talking about $4 million. I've got with me Adam Adams. He is my guest today. He's known on Facebook. I see him on Facebook all the time. I've been on his podcast, Adam AAA Adams. We're going to talk about that in just a second. He is the co-host of the, not the co-host, the host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And he's also with the Blue, Blue Spruce Holdings. He got started back in 2005 in the tax deed space. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Then in 2007, he got involved in apartment investing. You guys know I love apartment investing as a property manager. But here's the cool thing, guys. He managed to, he, well, he managed a complete repossession right away and doubled the value of this building in 12 months or this property in 12 months. A year later, he bought his own multifamily property, launched his business. Off, he's off and running. And now, I've, I don't even know if this, this stat is good. At the time, I'm, I've got this, Adam, you had 500 units. You probably got more than that now, or you're probably working on more, I would imagine. Yeah, we don't have them yet. We close on one this month, one next month, and the one the next month after that. So that's another 720 units. Nice, dude. That's awesome. You're killing it. I love that. I love the action. You got started in tax deed sales. I got to tell you, I've always been kind of a, a chicken when it comes to tax deed sales. I've, I've been a little nervous about them, so I never really got into them. Tell me about those. Why? What made you decide those right out of the bat? Yeah. So first off, rightfully so, you should be a chicken on anything auction, especially when you can't see the property, the inside of the property before you buy it. Uh, it. It should scare you at least enough to do really good due diligence and know your numbers extremely well. So good for you, first off. <laughs> and why I got started doing that was because my dad was doing it. So I kind of grew, grew up. I didn't kind of grow up. I did grow up with a dad who was a real estate investor. He has land all over the place. He's got uh, fourplexes, um, storage units. We've had condos. We've uh, repositioned things. So I was kind of lucky, I suppose. And it's not to say other people can't do it. It's just, I, I guess I was blessed with a father who helped me to, to get into the real estate space a little bit easier. Um, so we did tax deeds, but we started with land tax deeds, which are much easier than doing them with uh, an actual house where the toilets may as well have cement in them, where the every wall may as well be moldy, where, you know, what, what I'm saying is that because you can't see the inside, you have to pretty much plan for the worst response. It may be a meth house. It may, it may take a couple of years to clean up. Who knows? Right. So you have to really know your numbers well and play that game of risk, roll the dice and understand what could go wrong and kind of plan for the worst. So um, we did tax deeds. My first tax deed was in 2005, but it was just a piece of land. It was about a quarter of an acre, maybe a half an acre. I don't remember now, um, but it was in, it was lot 33. I remember that in Fairview, Utah, um, the Aspen Hills Owners Association. So if you, if anybody Googles it, you can find my name was on there for about a year and a half. I turned a hundred dollars into $12,000 in uh, less than two years. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, tax deeds can be can be good and and uh, they could be very scary. But in in that case, it was it was very good to me. And um, soon after that, like you said, I got into multifamily investing for a few years. Enjoyed that. 
got hit by the crash a little bit. Well, I was just scared with, I had two young boys and I was scared to get back into real estate for a few years. But in 2015, I really, I really hit it hard. That's awesome. For you, what was, what was property management like? So you come out of the tax team business, <laughs> you get into property management. It's like out of the frying pan into the flaming pits of hell. What that what, that must've been kind of freaky, no? Or was it okay because dad, you, you, you kind of raised in it? Yeah. My dad was a, was a property owner, but he always had a property management company. And I had this mindset that if you hire a property management company, then you're giving away your profits. I had this mindset like dad is dumb because <laughs> he's being completely passive and giving away 10% of his profits. Yeah, I just, I thought he was so dumb. And so I said, well, I'm, I definitely have finally decided that I'm going to be a multifamily owner. And if I'm going to be a multifamily owner, how am I going to be able to do this? Well, I need to learn how to manage my own properties if I'm going to manage my own properties. So that's really where I started. I started calling uh, one after another larger or medium size. They were large to me at the time, 18 units. At the time, that was huge. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a bunch of these 10 to 20 unit properties. And then I'm going to ask them if I could manage their property and, be, and if I could live there because they have a vacancy. And I'm going to say, hey, could I, could I live there and could I be your property manager? And Reed Quinn finally said yes. He, he may have been my 20th. I don't remember how many I called, but it was a lot. And Reed Quinn finally said, yeah, you can. Um, but just so you know, I'm planning on selling this in about a year or two. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. All I need is a year and a day so I can say I manage properties for, quote, over a year when I go and talk to the loan broker and say, you know, I've got experience. I did it for over a year. So that is what I need. And he said, yeah, go ahead and he basically walked me through. He said, I need you to raise the rents. I need you to, this is what I want you to put into every unit when they move out. This is what I want you to do here. This expense is too high. I need you to cut it. And so for a year, I managed his 18 plex, a four plex, and uh, he also had a condo. And I think it was 23 units. And I was doing that for that whole year. And then all of a sudden, he sold it for twice what he paid for it. And uh, he made about a million dollars. And I was just like, what the wow. heck? Like all I, all I did was change the rents from, you know, this price to this price. And, and all of a sudden, and then I thought he's going to give me this big kickback. He'll probably give me like a hundred or 200 grand because I was <laughs> such a good property manager. But in actuality, I just made the 10 or $12 an hour. Uh, but I learned a ton. It's really, really what you, what you learn from that. And right now my company is repositioning um, a few hundred doors very similarly. I don't know if we're finding as good at deals as Reed Quinn had me on, but we are doing our best to, to raise money and do the same thing with bigger ones. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the experience you get from going through that initial reposition, that's kind of like the catalyst that really can either make you or break you. In other words, the people that survive it, that come through it unscathed, even if you were in the, in the management, I'm not downplaying the management position, but even though it wasn't technically your building, going through that, who cares what they paid you? That's got to be invaluable. That's got to be, I've been through it myself and it was unbelievable the value I took away from that. I couldn't even put a dollar figure in that. Is that kind of like a million dollar education? Oh yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. At least a million dollar education. 
I got to think, man, I got to tell you that I love the idea of you're kind of apartment hacked. If maybe you can coin that phrase now, because you're the first person I've ever heard of. And I think this is totally cool that you did, you, you, you moved in, lived there and managed it. So you essentially hack another person's apartment building, which is awesome <laughs> and then repositioned it. And that's just, that's like the best experience ever. That's so well done. I mean, thank you. Well done on that. I got to love that. So you bought your own multifamily, you've grown your portfolio. What Moving into management, how did you have the guts to even do that in the first place? I mean, because a lot to me, I I'll never forget signing on the dotted line for my first multifamily, which was a fourplex. I was physically shaking because I was looking at a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Now I laugh, but back then I was like, oh my gosh, you know, quarter million dollars. This is crazy. You know, I'm gonna lose everything. And more importantly, you're looking at all these repositioning for somebody else. Was it not just terrifying? I mean, what what got you over the edge and actually made you pull the trigger and, and do this? Uh, my vision is what I think got me through it. So I knew where it was going to end and I knew that that was just something that I had to do to get there. And so that's that's really all it was for me is this, is I know I'm one day at the time I was like one day I'm going to own like a thousand units and in a couple of, in a few weeks we'll own more than that. Right. <laughs> um, but I was like one day I'll own like thousand units and it, I thought that it was this huge thing. I thought that I'd be like a trillionaire and owning a thousand units and I and I said but I have to know what I'm doing as far as managing the property, managing the asset, understanding what are the ins and outs. And so I didn't even think the fear. I didn't even think all those, any scary detail. I was just like, this is what I got to do. Oh, that's awesome. Man, I wish I, I wish I knew more people here like you because and a lot of people just don't do anything because the fear cripples them. So I think that's really cool. True. Very true. Your story is a lot like Ken McElroy. I don't know if you know Ken, but I know who he is. I, I've never met him though. He's uh, he started in, in property management, and of course now he's you know I've lost track of how many units he's got. Probably ten thousand, fifteen thousand doors now, some crazy number. But he be, he came in with the management element. Now for me, I got to tell you, I had a tough time getting started because I didn't have that management experience. As far as the property management experience, I wound up leveraging the experience of an existing property management company to get people to kind of buy in. Because I don't know if you ran into this in the multifamily space, but initially I was told, well, Mr. Chef, you don't have any net worth. You're not allowed to buy an apartment building. You know, you're, you're a newbie. We're not going to, we don't even want to do business with you. I had brokers turning me away. I had private money turning me away. I had owners turning me away because I didn't have that experience element. So that was brilliant the way you did that because you're right. You could say now you've got years of experience. You got more than a year's experience managing a property. And I love the fact that it's it's beyond just the management. It's the repositioning too. I mean, management not to downplay. That's one part of it, but doing that and repositioning at the same time. Home run. Yeah, cool. very, very lucky to have that experience. For you and in, in, in general, what do you think probably the biggest challenge multifamily investors are facing in this day and age? Good question. I'm sure we could come up with a few big challenges. Right. In this day and age, probably the biggest ones that quote multifamily investors are having is finding a good deal right now. Right. Um, if And by that, I mean, you specifically stated that they're already multifamily investors. So I think that their biggest challenge is finding a good deal. And as far as there's, a, and I get this question a lot, so I'm curious your take on it. People ask me, well, I can't find, I can't even go looking for a deal because I don't have any money. Oh yeah. What do you say to that investor? I say in a couple of, in a few weeks, I'll own $80 million of real estate and I've never yet put a penny or a dime or a nickel into any of my deals. I've always raised private money. And you know, it's funny. I hear that and I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. But people listening to this episode are like, that, they can't even fathom that as reality. And I, yeah. one, of the re one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show this week is I want to talk about an event that you've got coming up. It's You're doing a summit 
right? On raising money. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And a lot of people, they're, they, their biggest, somebody who has done multifamily, their biggest thing is, is finding an, another deal that, that will work. Somebody who hasn't done it, their biggest thing is their mindset. It's that they, they're like, I can't do this. They keep saying, I can't because, and they, they prove it to themselves by saying, well, I don't have $80 million to buy $80 million of real estate. And so you're absolutely right. Like you need to be able to raise equity and it isn't as hard as it might sound to raise that much money. Um, what we're going to do at that event is we actually have a few people that are very familiar with raising money. We've got Richard Wilson, who's um, the family office expert. He, so he manages personally uh, around $7 billion. So he's raised $7 billion and he goes and invests it and he makes a cut. You're right. And we've got Anthony Chara, who's a multifamily investor like me, and he's raised a lot of money. Right. He owns 1,600 doors. We've got Saul Buscemi, uh, if anybody knows Sal, I mean, he specifically um, is one of the most well-known people for raising equity. Uh, Dan Hanford, he's a doctor and owns hundreds of doors. Ike Muchabana, who actually, this is interesting. He raises money, he finds good operators, and right. he partners with them. So his main role is just to raise money because he knows that that's the easiest part. He, he knows that the operators, they have the hard part. And all he needs to do is say, you've got a bunch of money. These guys got a bunch of deals. Let me help you invest this way. Um, and we could go on. I mean, Kevin Bupp, Gene Trowbridge, we'll talk about the legalities because there's a lot of stuff. Kathy Fedke, um, Geez, who else do we have? Ben Lapidus, Ryan Gibson. This is awesome. Ryan Gibson started with zero investors. And now he has 700 passive investors that want to invest in his deal. And it only took him 18 months. So he's going to specifically teach how he did that. And then we have Mike Hambright, who's raised a lot of money. And he'll talk a little bit about how he did that. Michael Blanc, another apartment investor. And actually, I was hoping to have you because I really like your business model. So maybe next year we'll have you. Yeah, well, definitely. I was, I was, I'm sad that I'm not gonna be able to make it because, God, I, number one, I love Colorado. <laughs> number two, I wanted to get out and and do this. I love being hanging around these the other people like this. And I know Kevin. He's in Kevin's in my market, actually. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and um, what was the other person you just said? I just lost it. Michael Blanc. Yep, I know Michael, and I've actually done. I, I I do that from time to time as well because what I find is I raise more capital than I do uh, opportunity lately. So there's been opportunities where I've looked tried to raise capital and brought deals together for other folks. So that that works out well. It's a great strategy. And actually, Richard, I've got several of his books. He is an incredible author. Yeah, his, one thing about Richard, he's going to talk about the trust curve. So I mean. For somebody who can manage seven billion dollars of assets, he knows that it's a lot about trust. So he'll teach us, like, how does he do that? What did he do to to build that trust? So I really like Richard, and he. I've read. We have at least one of his books here. Yeah, I've read them every one of them, and I got to tell you, he's going to be on my show coming up here one of these days. I just got to finish the one book, and then I have him on the show. But Kathy Fecky has an amazing story, and I can't wait to see the looks on the faces of the people when they hear that story and the inspiration they, they pull out of her story. It's amazing, and she's she's just such an inspiration. And I mean, she's really grown her, her business and done well. So, well, you know, good, to, good on her. It'll be a good event. It absolutely will. I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be, it's coming up next month. Mm -hmm. We're going to be, what are the dates on it again? It's November 17th and 18th. It's in Denver. It's a two-day summit. So the 17th and 18th, I've got 16 of the best speakers I could ever 
imagine. Outstanding. So is there a direct link or we can actually put one down in the show notes, uh, a link to go over there and register for the event if people want to go out there? Uh, is it at a hotel or is it a place they can they can get a room at the same spot or, or what's that look like? Yeah, I've got a hotel available with, nice. for a discount for anybody who wants to come. So if they register, they'll get the links for the hotel by email um, and then they can they can book that as well. So the other hotels are kind of expensive, so it was it was a tr- it was very tricky to find a way to get it discounted um, for people. But it's not at that hotel. There is a dinner at that hotel, so if somebody buys the VIP tickets, where I you actually have dinner with all the speakers, uh, nice. and I buy your alcohol and stuff like that. But if if that's part of the your ticket package, you'll you'll be at that hotel. Um, if you just want general admission, it's going to be at something called the PPA Event Center, which is in Denver. And that hotel, uh, it's it's like a five-minute um, ride from there to there. Well, technically, it could eventually be a PPM. I mean, when you get tired of apartments, you may decide to buy convention centers, and then a PPM would be appropriate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? So one thing I like about the, the different ticket options with these is that it, I think it's a great idea Anytime I used to, I'm a big fan of the real estate guys, Robert and uh, Robert and Russ. Mm, me and too. I've, I've been to their events. I've been to the uh, secret successful syndication and whatnot. I like to buy VIP tickets because I enjoy spending time around the speakers. Kind of like the uh, rich dad cruise, which I've not been on yet. They've got their, um, their uh, real estate cruise, spending time around the speakers and really getting in the room with these people and, and having conversations. I've had lunch with Kiyosaki and or not with Kiyosaki, but Ken McElroy and a lot of other people that are really doing big things. And when you spend time, ladies and gentlemen, around other people that are doing big things, some of the stuff will rub off if you're paying attention. So it absolutely does. Osmosis works best with networking for sure. Absolutely. So is multifamily, is that where you're going to stay for, for this, this, for future moving forward? Or are you looking to transition into different strategies or what's that look like for the future? What's the next couple of years look like for your company? Okay. Yeah. Multifamily is a big one for us. So we'll definitely be doing that for a while. There's, there is a couple other shiny objects that I have in sight. Um, one has some things to do with life insurance. We'll, uh, we'll let that be tabled because right. uh, yeah, I definitely think that I'll make some decent funds from life insurance and help a lot of people. And then the only other one is storage units, which um, those are the three assets classes that I believe are incredibly safe compared to single family, compared to assisted living, compared to all of these other things. I, I've done a lot of data and research because I'm kind of a geek like that, but um, those are my three that I'm looking at, but I'm focused right now solely on multifamily. It's amazing, the self-storage business. I wish I would have predicted that one coming down the pike. <laughs> it's like yep. I, now when I talk to people, one of, part of the things that we do with our, our coaching program is a lot of the folks that come in, we, we get them focused on, let's look at your current situation. In other words, we could teach you how to make money in real estate, but if you, if you can't control money, it won't last very long. So I find a shocking number of people, like the majority of people, they're paying hundreds of dollars a month to store garbage that they don't, they haven't even seen it in two years. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, wow, there's a business model because that's never going to end. People are always going to have that. I got to keep my stuff and you'll spend 150 bucks a month to protect a $50 table. You know, (laughs) instead of putting it in your apartment, I'm going, that's interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on that. So, so I'm, I'm personally paying 200, it's almost 300. It's like two. 60 or something a month for a self-storage unit right now. And I just keep thinking about it. Like that's like 
almost what my two-bedroom rent used to be when I first moved out of the house. Amen. Amen. God, that's just a great business model. I'm telling you, it never ends. I'm looking at, uh, we're doing a little bit of a pivot. We're still doing the multi, our multifamily, but we are also looking at land bank. Kind of a, a, oh, yeah, nice. Long-term Smart. play. Yep. Lots of dirt out there to be had still. So we're looking into that as a strategy as well. So anything you want to add before we wrap up, Adam? No, I just want to thank you for having me on your show. I want to say to anybody who wants to be in multifamily that go bigger. Uh, it is safer to be in 200 units than, uh, than it is to just manage your own 10plex. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And if the reason why you don't do it is because of money raising, because you don't know how to do it, come and learn from the experts. Come see, come see us in Denver on November 17th and 18th. I want to just add as much value to you as possible. The tickets are not expensive and um, I'll give you a link. So it takes another $100 off the ticket so you can get them for less than 100 bucks. Nice. Outstanding. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put that link down in the show notes. So if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are on the website, uh, we'll put it in the blog post on cashflowguys.com. And I'll put it in the Facebook group. So get over there, get registered, take advantage of this. Spending time around people that are actually doing what you want to do, that's what gets you over the finish line. You can stand back and you can pretend and prophecy all you want, but until you actually get out there, rub elbows with people, you realize that this stuff is not rocket science, but you got to spend time around people that are doing it. Absorb the information from them when you're at events like this. This is this can be where the, you know, separating the wheat from the chaff. So Adam, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry I can't make the event, but I'm sure lots of my listeners will make it out there and I'm sure it'll be a great event for everybody. So thank you very much. Thank you too. All right, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up right there. I hope you found some value in this episode. I know you did. There's a lot of value to be had here. You know, Anytime you can circle yourself or surround yourself with folks that are doing what you want to do, that have gone before you, made the mistakes, got the bumps and bruises, that's going to protect you from those same bumps and bruises because you're gonna learn from the failures and the successes of other people. So for a couple hundred bucks, it's so worth it to get out there, get on a plane, maybe do a little snow skiing, right? Fly out there, get some education and meet more people, help build your team. You've got attorneys there, you've got other real estate investors. You know, no, no man is an island, no wealth has ever been created single-handedly and the opportunity to, to do it is now. So get out there and pull the trigger. This event is just a couple weeks away and I hope, you see, hope to find out you guys are out there. So. With that, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already joined our Facebook group, head on over to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That will get you into the Facebook group. That's a great way to talk to me. Uh, if you have questions or anybody in the team, attorneys, tax professionals, everybody's in there in that group, feel free to reach out and ask questions. Get yourself over the, over the finish line and take things to the next level. I'm going to wrap it right there, folks, and we'll catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.